Hello and welcome to a version, a new version of one of the most popular shows that we do here on the In The Money Media Network. This is its a little bit of a mashup, I suppose, between our pro player diary shows we've been doing with Sean Borman and the established pro player roundtable format we busted out for the last several uh, Triple Crown, Travers, Breeders' Cup kind of days. Once again, we are getting some support from our friends over at Millridge Farm, standing uh, Oscar performance. We had a terrific season last year. This horse uh, was very exciting in his racing career and once again showing uh, that talent at stud. Plenty of horses uh, out there making some noise on the track. You can learn more about Oscar performance and the full Mill Ridge Stallion roster over at millridge.com. And if you have questions about getting involved in the thoroughbred industry, Price Bell is Father Heedley. These are people who not only stand, understand incredibly well the horseman side of the business, but also very interested in horse players and where we're coming from. Really appreciate the support of Mill Ridge. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again. And I will first uh, welcome in from Lexington, Kentucky, where I just was and am about to be again, professional player, Sean Borman. Sean, how are things? I'm doing good, Pete. How are you? Things are good, man. It's all derby all the time, burning the uh, the late night oil for me here in the bunker for this one. But uh, got a surge of energy from talking not just to you, Sean, but also our next guest, a man we uh, we bust out for the big days from time to time. Always learn something about horse racing when I have the chance to speak with another professional horse player and horse player advocate. He's Paul Matisse. Paul, what's up? You know, I've been I was I got a Meredith in Kentucky that they they I haven't had a chance to breed yet. And your introduction there with Oscar performance, I've been looking for stallions all day long and I forgot all about them. <laughs> I got I'm gonna check that out. I gotta look at that cross. That's like the uh Take a look. You know, they're doing best going long on the turf, as you would think for the, you know, mile world record holder, but they're winning on dirt too. Yeah, yeah, that's a sign that he's a pretty good sire when they when they went in the dirt like that. You know, it probably was a he, he even though he was a turf horse, he probably could have run in the dirt. That's interesting. I'm going to look it up. I love it. Well, you know, tell tell Price we sent you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down to business, guys. This was your idea, and I always love that when the guests come up with the ideas. You know, in past years, we've gone over the cards the night before, and they're very popular, and people scramble and listen. But they're hard, they're hard shows on us for, for a lot of reasons. And this year, especially with all the live stuff going on next week, it was going to be very, very hard for us to do that. So, Sean, was it you or Paul who came up with this, this format as an alternative? Oh, this, this was all Paul. So, Paul, give me explain the concept of what we're here to do over the course of the next hour or so. Well, I just thought it was an unusual day, uh, unusual year to uh, for doing figures uh, at, at all these tracks, and they're they're not conclusive at all, almost almost to a T, almost every single one of them. Uh, maybe there's a few exceptions, but I thought it'd be interesting to go over, you know, which which figures are solid and, and which ones are different, and um, just because, you know, you see a number in a, you know, on your PPs, and you just take it for gospel. You know, and it's it's not always the case. Sometimes there's a lot of guesswork in it. And I think this year had a lot of guesswork. And and I also thought it was pretty interesting too, because I think you could learn some stuff handicapping if you if you uh, by going over all this stuff. I could be wrong on that, but that's why we're going to give it. <laughs> the listeners can tell us after the fact if we were able to learn anything evergreen, as well as trying to find the winner of this race on the first Saturday in May. I think one of the more interesting 
conversations I'm looking forward to having. And, and you know, we'll, as you guys had sort of suggested, roll through this in uh, in points list order. Forte, to me, is a really, really interesting horse. I keep looking at this horse, Paul and Sean, and I just I keep seeing Nyquist um, over and over again. This horse that had all of the resume, all of the form, the multiple grade one wins, the two-year-old champion, but also like Nyquist, not figures that really separate him from the pack at all coming in. Now, I'm not saying I think he's Nyquist like he's going to win the Derby. I'm sort of more saying I think he's like Nyquist in we were supposed to bet against Nyquist and maybe we got him lucky and maybe we're supposed to bet against this horse too. The last out buyer speed figure for him was a 95. Uh, The time form came back a little bit higher. Looking at some of the other numbers available, they, they, I feel like they translate more to like a high nineties type of a deal. Paul, we'll start with you. What, what did you think of Forte's last race? Uh, you know, if, if, if the buyer's 95, you know, you can tell us what you had as a figure. Or you can just tell us if you were, you know, in line with that or, or, or higher or lower. But let's start with, with a few thoughts on Forte, Paul. Well, I'm going to backtrack a little to your comment on Nyquist because I think it was a good one um, for handicap-wise, and then we'll get into the figure. The only thing I would, I would say the difference is I think it was a good analogy, except the Nyquist figures were were, were higher than, than everybody. Even his two-year-old... His two-year-old race was was clearly faster than the rest of the field, and he, even though he hadn't gotten back similar to Forte, he was felt faster going in. He was just he hadn't improved, but he, he didn't really have to. Gotcha. You know, type of thing. Yep. And um, and also, I think maybe you know, and he didn't really run that good race afterwards either. So it was like he just he just held on as far as on the growth end of it. You know yep. what I mean? Like they they caught up to him a little too late, where. This one is a little bit more of a gray area, I think, uh, figure-wise, handicap-wise. But to the, to the point of the figure, there's been a lot of talk about, well, first of all, the thing about Forte is the time was wrong. So, you know, you have to, that was a, uh, a common thing that... that even the adjusted kind of time, that. Paul? You even believe that the adjusted well, time was no, wrong? I don't think the adjusted time was wrong, but I'm always a little leery about adjusted times. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I you know, it's by far more accurate the adjusted time than what was posted. Um, you know, and they, I think that everybody did a pretty good job in coming up with the time they did. But it's also, you know, it, 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 it's not as, uh, you know, probably on the money as, as from some of the other uh, other times. You know, we're, we're dealing with a somewhat of a guess. And, you know, um, but the thing that's more important I think in this race, and I don't think anybody really got this one wrong with the adjusted time or, or got it differently, I should say, not wrong, but differently, is that you're going to see a big difference in figures based on ground loss on this race versus people who don't, don't use ground loss. Right. The sheets methodology is going to give extra credit. Um, interestingly, you know, you know, we're not going to run through all the thoroughgraph figures. We, we we encourage people to check that out. But in I think in this example specifically, it's worth getting pretty granular. And yeah, I I, I saw two and a half on the on the thoroughgraph figure for that uh, for that last run for him and for for Forte and uh, Mage three point seven five. So uh, really, I feel like Forte getting more than just that length credit that he would get uh, on the form. Well, and, and just a lot more credit for 
against everybody else. So I think it's an, a, a good example of a figure that, you know, the race is, is going to be slow on the slow side, especially compared to some of these other ones later on. And, but you're going to have to use your kind of your own judgment if it's, uh, how much you, how much you want to factor into ground loss because it was, a, it was an odd race in that all three race, all three horses that ran one, two, three had significant ground loss. Um, so that would just, uh, you would assume in a race that that's run that way, that the figure isn't going to be real fast. So the, the idea that the race is slow should, you should ha take a step back and think about that just a little bit. It may not be as slow as, as, as you, as you think it might be now, it, it, that doesn't say, like we said earlier, that he's, you know, he got back to his number that's that's clearly better than everybody else. But the the, the negative progression in his figures may be a little bit um, enhanced by the uh, the ground loss. I'm hearing that you have the final. You have the final very similar to Bayer. I'm guessing just from the way you're talking about it. Yes. Yeah. I I, would, I have it in the in the same ballpark. Uh, almost. Yeah. Maybe even a. a I, it's, it's about the same. I have it about the same, and I think uh, um, I'm pretty much in line with with everybody who doesn't use ground loss. I know that the Ragazins of the of the uh, preps in the United States, he he has the the lowest figure. Interesting. You know, so, um, to me, that's not that surprising when you know how much they they take in the ground loss. Right. It's just it's interesting, just because on on Thorograph that's like the fifth best number, M maybe seventh. They actually, they and they and again they had him moving forward, right off of off his race before that. Which anybody who does figures that that's not taking ground loss would would probably have him moving, just uh, you know paired up or a slight move backwards. So, I want to bring. So I think that's really interesting. I want to bring Sean in here to see where his number landed on Forte and what he thinks of the, the points that uh, Paul's made so far about the Florida Derby. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Paul on, on the figure and the points he made. I think, you know, I'm, I'm basically right at the buyer number mid 90. Um, but I think what Paul said about ground loss and just sort of the nature of that race is correct. I, you know, you could probably upgrade that horse a little bit. Um, but again, I don't think he's, I, I don't think he's necessarily moving in the right way, even though he had sort of a, a tough trip last time and was real gutsy to win. I just, you know, he was faster as a two-year-old and it, it just concerns me that he's, you know, hasn't necessarily stepped it up yet as a three-year-old. Who had the worst trip between Forte and Mage in there, according to the way you look at the world, Sean? Uh, you know, I think they were about equal. I don't, I don't think um, – I tend to give a little more credence to the horse that, that ran faster most of the race than I do, you know, that one wide move that, that Mage made. Um, and on my pace line, Forte ran – at least as fast, if not faster, throughout the race. You know, there was that one instance on the turn where Rage went past him, but, you know, he wasn't able to sustain that. So, you know, to me, Forte ran the better race of the two, um, but I don't necessarily 
I don't necessarily think he had a worse trip, but just all things in total, you know, pace line and everything. I think Forte ran the better race. What do you think about that, Paul? My my point about Forte, if I wanted to just devil's advocate for a minute here, is that I feel like some of Forte's trouble in that race was almost of his own making. He looked to me to be getting outpaced at a critical early stage in that race. And and I don't know how much I want to upgrade quote unquote trouble. That's because a horse can't keep up. Yeah. I, I think the mage had more trouble. If you want to, if you want to put it in that, in that context, you know, uh, he, I think that uh, Forte had a, because of his post position in the, in the way that race works at, at the Gulfstream, it, you know, he, he, it was, he overcame that, but mage had more trouble. He had, he had more trouble to start. And then, and he was taken out of his uh, his normal running style. So, the thing I, you know, it, I think it's a very tough comparison. I think everybody's got to kind of use their own judgment on it. I think it's very close. And um, if you think Mage is going to break better, I'm a little suspect that Mage is going to make it a mile and a quarter. And I think that Forte probably proved that that shouldn't that won't be a factor for him distance wise, even though his, his breathing is somewhat a little suspect that he could get that far. I think that the, in the race, he showed that he could that. So, you know, there's probably other handicapping factors that are more important, but I just think that as far as what I would go is I would just, I would upgrade him a little, you know, you know what the worst trip is the other horse there, the, the Roman horse I thought had the worst trip. Cyclone he didn't beat them, but he, but I thought he had the worst trip of the three of them. Um, but, you know, he's, he's another one that might not be able to get a mile and a quarter more tall set down either. So, what was anyway, happening? What let, I want to throw a quick question to Sean. We'll come right back to you, Paul. Sean, on your numbers, what was happening late in the Florida Derby? Did Mage hit a wall and Forte passed a horse who hit the wall, or was Forte finishing with alacrity and shaping like a horse who is going to appreciate the, the more distance? Well, you know, it's hard for me to say, honestly, because all that sort of happened in between calls. Um in the way I make that late pace figure at that distance, it just sort of, you know, I think, I think they worked out to where their, their late pace figure is uh, identical actually. Interesting. Um, so, uh, you know, I would say, I would say that I w- I'm leaning more that mage hit a wall. Um, his late pace figure for me is a 98. And I would say sort of, Somewhere in that final three furlongs, um, he 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 hit a hundred, but couldn't sustain it and and just back down to a ninety eight. Whereas I think Forte sort of grinded a ninety eight and ran that consistently. If that makes sense, Paul, I want to bring you back in to finish the thought from before, and maybe piggyback on any thoughts with the late pace before we move on from the Florida Derby. Yeah, I think what Sean says is I was interested to see what he what he said. I, I would agree with what he said on that. Um, you know what's interesting is that my my pace progression as the race goes on, Forte is very consistent. He's kind of run he's kind of run the same progression even in that race as he did in the in the race before, especially if you take into consideration for the ground loss. Um, it's uh, he's pretty he actually three races in a row. He's, he's really he's really consistent. He's basically run the same race. All three times, uh, I would say, um, you know, the question is, he just hasn't gotten better, you know, and 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 Todd has it, you know, the one thing about handicapping the race is that 
and uh, this is my biggest factor with uh, Fort Dave. Historically, the Todd horses don't show up and run a new top or move forward on Derby Day. You know, so they're faster and, already, and they get the job done, kind of a thing. Yeah, and I, I the think winners. That's one of the problems with that you have with Fort Dave going forward is not that he'll he'll show up and run his race. I I think he probably has to move forward to win as we see as, as we get into this. You'll see that he. I think he has to go. He has to, not a lot, but I think he has to run the best race of his life to win. I feel like the Forte case, and you know, before we move on from the Florida Derby, Sean, comment on this: the case has to do almost with the idea that that wasn't his best day. He got the job done anyway. You know, he'd been, he'd got washy before the race, etc. If he comes back and works well, and you say, okay, that was his off day, and then this is his A game for the race he's been, you know, pointed to peak at. I think you kind of have to take that attitude if you want to confidently bet this horse at a short number. And there's sort of a lot of supposing and narrative in there that I don't really like when I have to bet a favorite. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, I can, I'm, you know, sitting here staring at his PPs and I can make plenty of case that, that he's got more in there and that he can jump forward. Um, But I don't want to bet on it at five to two or three to one or whatever. You know, um, I'd much rather take a horse that that's already run fast this year at eight to one in this race. We'll get uh, there. We'll get there. Yeah. So it's just, <laughs> you know, it's just the it's the like everything always comes down to price in this game. And, and, and to me, you know, he's going to be way too short a price for what he's done so far. Depending um, on how the narratives go, Paul. Is this one of these surprise situations where Forte isn't five to two at all, but ends up being more like five to one and there's four horses catching money eight to one or, or lower? I mean, I could almost see that happening um, if if there, there's more narratives and hype built around some of these other runners. What, what price do you think Forte will be? You know, I, I, I'm having a hard time with, on what the odds are going to be. My, my guess is that it'll be longer than what people think he's going to be. I don't think I don't think he'll be Nyquist California Chrome two to one type of type of favorite. I think it'll be it'll be closer to four to one. Seven to two, something like Anything else to button up the Florida Derby, Paul? Well, or shall we move that, it down? The only thing that might change that is well, you said that thoroughgraphs don't have the highest, right? So No, on thoroughgraph. I mean, just scanning through, it's I mean, let me just count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven horses. No, eight. Eight horses faster than the two and a half. So, even with the ground loss. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's, 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 I mean, I don't know how, it's so hard to know what makes the market for the Kentucky Derby. You know, if you just, if you looked at the PPs with no numbers, he's, eight to five. So it's, it's maybe shorter. So it's a very tricky, it's a tricky and and fascinating question. He is still five to two best price internationally. I would not be taking that international listeners. I think there's an extremely, extremely strong chance you get much more than that uh, on the day. Can we talk about the preps out West? Well, specifically the Santa Anita Derby and, uh, and practical move. Um, This horse who, I feel like every wise guy I talk to says the same thing about practical move. He had a perfect trip and, and I'm, I'm more or less looking to, uh, looking to oppose, 
But this is a horse I feel like, at the point that Matt Bernier made, if it was the name Baffert next to the name in, instead of Yakteen, w- would be half the prices that he's been uh, he's been trading at. What do you make, Sean, of the Santa Anita Derby as a race? One of those where I feel like the clock came back one way, the eye told me something else. You know, I think it was a pretty good race. I don't, and I rewatched it a couple times today because I was studying Skinner a little bit, and I, I don't, I don't agree that the eye tells you something else. I mean, just because it was a, a close finish, um, I guess you could say the eye. You know, that typically yeah, that was basically in, in slow it. races. I, but I, I mean, I felt pretty confident that like Mandarin Hero wouldn't be running more than you know. Like for him to run a 90 would be running out of his eyeball. So J, JV Japanese horse, you know, so it just, it's, it's hard for me to accept, but I mean, look, all the numbers have it fast, right? Time form, um, time form 121, buyer 100. Those are in lockstep and, and, and make it a fast race. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I just, you know, I think sometimes we might think we know a lot more about the figures that some of these foreign horses should be running than we actually do. Um, and then I'm sure we'll get to the Japanese figures later. And in the context of that conversation, the, the yes. figure he ran here isn't going to sound that crazy. Um, I, you know, I think, I think practical move, I think all three of those horses coming out of Sanity Derby are extremely live. Um, just because that race to me was run efficiently and fast and you know i don't know much about mandarin hero but the other two practical move and skinner are are both clearly improving three-year-olds that you know in pretty good hands so i you know i have no real interest in opposing those horses um again price dependent i don't necessarily want practical move at a real short number but you know skinner at 20 or 30 to one is extremely tempting to me. He does seem like, uh, like the interesting one, Paul, what did you have numerically? Um, again, you tell us a number or just give us a perspective relative to this sort of industry standard figure for the sanity derby that it was around a hundred or a one Oh one. Well, I'm in the minority on this one. I I don't have this race fast as, as everybody else does. I, uh, I've been trying to figure out why I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm trying to trying to figure out why everybody else has this race faster than me for, for a while. And, um, the more I look at it, the more I'm confident that I'm, I'm not wrong. I'm, uh, I don't have anything against the horse, uh, per se. I think he's a pretty game type horse, but I just keep looking at, you know, buyers arguably got him the fastest horse, right? And he's paired him, he's paired him up with two hundreds, and I, I don't, I, I'm not even in, in the same world as that, but with, with him, um, and granted, I'm, I will, I'm going to point out that the Santa Anita figures for, especially on Saturdays, have been almost impossible all year as, as we've gone along. I mean, I'll give you an example. The Santa Anita Derby race was, or the Santa Anita handicap was really slow. And by the time the horse had come back in the races um, later on, you could you could clearly see that the track had changed that day and the last two races on that card were running way faster, which is the first hundred that buyer gave a uh, practical move on. So I have changed. And then, and then in the, in the vicinity, the handicapped horses came out and ran real good at Oakland and actually right. ran uh, real fast. So 
that March 4th day is a complete just total throwout day when it comes to figures. And what I think has happened with everybody is because that race was so fast compared to the any the handicap that everybody's figures have cut. If you went with one variant or some kind of that type of uh, scenario on that day, you're going to end up giving practical move of a fast figure. And then when it comes back, I think that they, all the high figures just projected that next race higher. But for me, I kind of went the other way. I took the thin, I took the early races out from the standing handicap on March 8th, made, didn't, didn't fall for it to be fast. And everything fell in line for me on April 8th. So, so I'm, I don't feel like the, uh, I'm not, I am completely in the minority on this, but I have this race way slower than almost everybody that I've looked at. Well, we have to, we got to bring Sean back in to, you know, I'm guessing Sean was not projecting. If I know Sean, he was not, not using projections there. There must be some other reason. I mean, did Sean, have you noticed the phenomenon that Paul is talking about, about the trickiness of the Santa Anita figs? And, you know, you have any idea um, about why, why uh, the, the figure is what it is and, and why Paul's such an outlier on it? I, you know, well, the first question, I've, I've not noticed it because, you know, as you and I discussed on the other pod, I'm not doing a full set of figures anymore. I'm just sort right. of leading. You know, I did these derby figures and I've kept those up, but I'm not doing every Saturday at Santa Anita anymore. Um, so I, I've not noticed that. It doesn't surprise me um, because just the, the limited stuff I'm doing now are, are sort of batshit crazy all across the country. So, um <laughs> It, it's not it's not surprising to hear um in terms of i think paul is you know spot on on the big cat day about the track but i didn't see a change in the track on santa anita derby day i actually thought that was a fairly straightforward figure so i i don't i i don't understand why paul and i are differing and quite frankly i don't like it because you know i there's nobody else's figures I respect more than Paul's. So it, it, it sort of bothers me that, that we're sort of far off on this figure. Um, I'll let you two without, talk about yourselves. Have, have the I'm conversation you'd have I'm anyway. Not I'm, right, uh, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm right. I don't want Sean. Sean doesn't have to be nice to me. He can tell me that. <laughs> well, no, I didn't. I would, I'm not going to change the way I bet the race because of your figures, but it does, it does bother me. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I feel the, I feel I the most confident like when that, when we're in lockstep. Horses in San Anita have kind of backed up my thoughts. Thoughts that on those things, none of those shippers have run good. Like on the on the mark, the uh, the first practical joke race, I believe Baffert sent one to Florida. He sent Fort Bragg or somebody to Florida out of that race, and, and he didn't come close to to running back to that number and. If you've noticed, these California horses have shipped all over the world, and for the most part, they haven't done good. Um, there's that reincarnates from second and third, and Hajazi finished second in the bad version of that of the of the sprint race, and they lost in Dubai, they lost in Saudi Arabia, they they lost in Sunland. Two or two or three shippers went down to Sunland Park, and they couldn't. They didn't. They didn't do any good there. They they one went to New York. Didn't do. Didn't come close. I think in both races, one went in the Gotham, one went in the Wood. 
didn't do any good there. They went to Florida. They didn't do good there. They went to Louisiana. They didn't do good there. <laughs> I mean, he's, he has sent them all over the place, and they've all flopped. So that that's, that kind of just strengthens my opinion on the on that my figures are wrong. I mean, I think there's some interesting horses in the race that came out of that race, and Practical Move, I think, is a pretty solid horse, but to take him as a horse that's run a hunt, I just don't believe he's a horse that's paired up a hundred. Right. You know, I just I just don't believe that uh, that's the case, and I don't believe that man, the Mandarin horse is that fast. Now, I'll give you an example of a, in the in the Santa Anita Derby race, there was a horse called One, one in Vermilion who got beat Four lengths, right? Four, four or five lengths, four and a half lengths. Who was a Sunland shipper, right? You know, who really had no form at all. And it, I don't know. I, I I find it hard to believe that horse ran in the, in the mid nineties. You know, eighty five. Eighty five was the guess from the Japanese figure and form experts of what you'd expect from from Mandarin Hero in there. So that sort of lines up with your point, but. Um, Sean, feel free to take another shot, uh, be, being positive about this form, because I feel like Paul and I are just pissing all over it. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I just – the good thing is we'll find out in a week, I guess. I'm not saying, you know, uh, I you know, I have a very specific process. You know, I pull up my variant report, and there were four route races that day, and the report's clean. All the – you know, when I plug in the – plug in the figures I can I can make a case for all of them um, to make sense and you know I, I, I'm just not gonna I don't I, I just don't give a shit what what the quote Japanese experts say these horses are supposed to run I just don't care because I don't you know I, I don't think there's anybody over there making buyer figures for those low-level Japanese races so I, I don't I don't it doesn't matter to me what they say you know Skinner I can make a damn good case for him to have jumped forward and run fast and uh, you know yeah, practical I, move I, i'm glad that you, know, you said this run i know my brother likes skinner yes bit. he's going to talk uh, about him on the monster pod actually and uh you know i i'm not saying that uh that the horse you know just to throw them all out i just i, I i'm suspect of the of, of how high uh, some of those figures are there that's all that's all i was pointing at Let's talk Skinner for one more minute, because that, that's when I feel like maybe, I, I, not having seen your figures, I'm not sure, Sean, but does he look good from a late pace point of view? I mean, he feels like the one I'd want to take out of the race if I if I was taking one out of the race. Yeah, he looks real good. He looks, you know, he didn't do, he, I'll, I'll preface this by saying nobody in this field has done anything like super elite Um late or overall or anything this is sort of a just an average crop of of three-year-olds in my opinion but skinner is just steadily getting better and running more efficiently and also running faster so he's just and and he's taking it taking the worst of it seemingly in every trip he's had so he's just one that you can just really see progression and I can see another step forward. And, and one of the things I like about Skinner is he ran a really fast late pace figure in his first start um, going five furlongs when he was just green as hell. And, you know, he didn't run that fast overall, but he ran really fast late. And 
you know, that sometimes is just a, a real tell that horses can develop into something really, really nice. Um, Good Magic did that in his first start at Saratoga, ran just like an elite late pace figure and, you know, turned into a really nice horse eventually. So, you know, Skinner's the one out of that race I would want, and thankfully he's going to be the biggest price of the three, I think. For sure. Um, well, Mandarin probably doesn't get in, but yeah. Well, sure. Um, but so, you know, he's just, he's the most interesting coming out of there. Um, and I would like him even, you know, even if my figure is a little high, even if, you know, I'm right at like a 90, I've got Skinner running a 98 last time. So I'm, I'm right there with the buyer figure a little bit lower. Um, but even if he was running like a 94 or 95, the way he's progressing in this field, I would, I would like him at the price. There's also there's also a hands he's in argument about Skinner, I think, with sheriffs and his old school approach being the kind who I truly would expect them to peak in a race like the Derby as a pr- opposed to the to the last last prep, just to yes. underline that idea a little bit more. Um, Paul, anything else on the Santa Anita race or are we ready to talk about Arkansas? Yeah, I would agree with what Sean says about the or two. You know what? He's a, he's a live long shot. You know, it, I, it just maybe uh, it goes from where if I had that figure higher, it would be going to where I would he goes from a key to a use. Yeah. You know, that's yep. kind of my thought process. No, I get, I, I think and that, that makes that's sense. Kind of what, and that, that's kind of how you can use figures, you know, to get back to the, to the reason this podcast, you know, it, you don't throw things out just because of, of a race is slow or whatever, but it, but it does weight your, you know, your judgment, you know, where you can get to a point where, you know, I love this horse versus, well, I don't, I'm a little grayer. I got to use him. I don't want to get beat by him, but I don't want to make the mistake that, well, maybe he's just not fast enough, you know, that, as well. So it's, uh, those are things that you should, you should take into account, you know, when you're, when you're playing and, and based on what you think is right, not, not what I say is right or not what uh, Sean says is right, or what Byer says is right, or anybody says is right. You know, you, you, you kind of go with what you what you feel. You know, I'm just, we're just laying out the different possibilities here uh, from race to race. I just don't think that race is, you know, you're going to see 100-100, and I just don't think it's that solid as, as that. So the next race we're going to talk about is another one where we have, well, this one we have significant dis- differences within the industry um, uh, with the, the Angel of Empire run, buyer the buyer figure here the most public one seems like the outlier the buyer has that coming back at a at a 94 as opposed to a 117 on time form so that 97 three points not a huge difference that one came back um pretty strong on on thoroughgraph and 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 bris really curious about you two guys if you're sort of more towards the buyer end of the spectrum or more towards the rest of the industry. Paul, I'll start with you. I'm, I'm with everybody else. I, I was surprised that, that, that the buyer has it that low. Um, and that's Randy, too. I, I don't know what, uh, you know, I mean, he's Oakland's his you know, home track for, for forever. And yeah. I, I'm surprised that he has a low because I, I don't see it. I, I didn't see that one to be that hard. Interesting. Uh, what do you have this one at? Uh, what do you have this one at, Sean? Just we'll bring Paul back in, but just to, to get the basic facts laid out here. I, you know, I agree with Paul. I didn't think it was a tough number to do. I've got it a high 90, 98. Um, I think it's a good solid race. I, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know why 
the buyer number is so low. Uh, I do know, I do know Randy doesn't like to split things off. So it's, that's really sort of a a baffling. um, I missed my chance to ask Randy, but maybe I'll text him about this one because I'm sure he, he loves these kind of conversations and he'll have a, he'll have a rationale and it'll be a good one if, whether or not we want to, uh, to agree with or not, but all right. So what you've seen from Angel of Empire I mean, where does he where does he sort of rank for you all coming out of that Arkansas race? Uh, he's a really interesting horse. I mean, he he just run. He's got the the, the interesting uh, thing about him is that where I, I, I put like a shade on a on a horse that runs a, a new top every time they run, and he's done it every six in a row. He's gotten better. His figures and going up significantly six six times in a row. So you know if he. If he could ever, this is the hardest move forward that he's got to make. He's, he's never running, but every other jump that he's made, he's he's done it. Um, he's done it pretty impressive. So I, I mean, he's a real contender in here. And I went back and watched his race this week, uh, just to just to get another familiar. And he, I don't know how I don't know how you can knock him. I mean, the, the biggest knock you have on him is that he hasn't faced the competition he's going to face. But he's he's handled every other step up. So I, he's, he's a real player, I think, in the race. What are your thoughts on him? How does he look through the lens of your late pace numbers, Sean? Well, he's got the he's he's got the best, um, and I, you know I agree with everything Paul said. He, he's just a rapidly improving three year old who's, you know, even though he's coming from behind in these races, he's just steadily getting faster and more efficient in his run, and he finished off. You know, he finished off like a derby winner last time, where a lot of these just don't. Um, so he he's very interesting to me. Excellent. Ten to one best price now on Angel of Empire. Co co third choice with Derma and with uh, with Practical Move, who we already discussed, and Derma, who we'll get to. So I mean this one. I mean, what is there anything else to unpack? We don't have to go deep into all these figures. I mean, if we have a good sense of what it is, that's that's what it is, and we can move on. But if there's other stuff to unpack with that race or that figure, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, cut down the possibility for that conversation. What do you think, Paul? Well, the pace of that race is a little interesting. That's why I was interested in what Sean said because it, it kind of uh, it didn't look fast, but the times were a little fast on it. I know that mile and an eighth uh, fractions that. Uh, Oakland, which they don't run a lot, is, are tricky. They're, they're hard ones to figure. And um, I was a little worried that maybe he, just how the race went that he got, that the pace was, was in his favor, you know, watching it. But after watching it again, and and, and it didn't seem like the, the pace was that fast, like he, he got hit with the deck or anything. And I know that a, a horse had come out of that race, and I was going to talk about this a little bit later about judging some of these races as horses come out of them. Yeah. But um, the, the Asmussen horse won last weekend, and he was further he was further out of it um, than, than Angel of Empire was and ran, you know, a similar, maybe slightly faster figure out of it. So, I mean, the, the figure that I have is, is confirmed by, by the Asmussen horse that won, and he was, and he was a closer, you know, so... I, I think all that bodes well for Angel of Empire. Just to, the question is, is, is it going to be a culture shock to face more the quality of horses that he's running? Because I don't think that field uh, from top to bottom was very 
was all that strong. Uh, and, and that would be my only knock on. Anything else on that race, Sean, or any of the uh, anything else related to Arkansas? No, no. I think the uh, I think the Phillies coming out of Arkansas are, are really live too, but that's uh, another discussion. I guess. I'm not, yeah, we might save that. Well, I'm not sure when we'll that's have a, a chance point. to. Yeah, get, that's a good point that Sean makes. You know, yeah. uh, we'll probably get to see uh, West Paint West Paint run right in the. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's that's a real correlation to to how Angel of Empire might do it because West Paint um, ran fast as well. So if West if West Paint does does well in the Oaks, I would uh, I would say that bodes well for for Angel of Empire. You still high on Wet Paint, Sean? From when we talked on the show a few weeks ago, I am. Yes. Curious to see what's happened in the prices. Oh wow, the price has gone there. When we were looking earlier, Sean, it was thirteen to two, seven to one, into seven to two. So uh, yeah, somebody's gone. been betting the horse or. Uh, the the, the 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 algorithm has picked up on something about about wet paint but that's an interesting point about looking to key things on Friday that you might be able to use on Saturday wet paint you know sort of validating the the, the figure there in a race that has some disagreement that could be something to pay attention to on on Friday besides your Oaks day bets let's talk about Tappet trice next uh, Gainsway thoroughbreds who also are sponsors on the show we'll give them a quick shout out for uh for, for tapa trice a horse who um he, to me very visually impressive getting it done seemingly against the flow and uh, and this is a figure that um i feel like has uh again a little bit of a little bit of disagreement but seems to be circling around the uh seems to be circling around the high 90s no matter no matter which scale you look at adjusted. Um, Sean, what did you think of Tappet Trice? What kind of a number did you come up with for the Bluegrass Stakes? I thought I thought he was, you know, pretty impressive. Um, I, I thought that was a fast race. Uh, you know, I gave the race a hundred, um, and you know, my, my problem with Tappet Trice is, you know, even though he is improving. He's a closer that has yet to run a triple-digit late pace figure, and that just always gives me a little pause um, in the Derby, especially. But you know, you could certainly look at his pace line from the from the Bluegrass and say he's got that triple-digit late pace figure in him if he had run a little bit more efficiently. So you know, I think that's a live race. But you know, back to the gambling side of things, like. Uh, verifying is the horse I want to bet out of there, just based on the, you know, the price discrepancy between the two. And you also had some positives about verifying based on his internal sectionals, if I'm remembering our chat from the other day. Yes. I mean, he ran, you know, other than that last little segment where he wasn't embarrassed by any stretch, but he ran faster at every point of call than Kevin Trice did. So, you know, why, why take, a third of the price on what is essentially, you know, the same horse. How do you see that? Do you see not too much between verifying and tap a trice on your stuff, Paul? No, I, I don't know. I, uh, no, I don't, I don't think there's much difference between the two of them though. They're completely different horses. You right. really, they finish back, you know, um, and that may, the way the different horses may impact them in the, in the derby differently, but, 
But back to the figures, and you know, this is the one to me that is, you know, has the most is the most inconclusive of of all the figures and of of leading up into it. And we've already had some questionable ones, but this is this day. So it was the only root race of the day on the dirt, and the race is really fast based on the sprint race. And if you're in the habit of just splitting, splitting sprints and routes, you're going to look at this race as not being anything special. You might not even notice it because you, you might not notice how fast it is. But if you, if you take into account the complete variant, kind of like the way I, I, I'm more in that camp. I, I, I don't like to throw out just and like split, split the sprints and routes. Every single time, I, I think the track um, tracks don't vary that much. I don't think they're all that windy all the time that everybody makes it to be. I think there's maybe some other reasons why. And also, I do a lot of pace stuff, so I got to come up with a universal figure. And it's, I think it's much harder to do it when you're splitting sprints and loops. But this one, I've gone back and forth on. I'm leaning into the phrase that it was extremely fast right now. Uh, the more I, the more that I've looked at it, and the more that um, Keeneland has run when it, when it first ran, I did, I split the sprint route like everybody else and didn't believe that it could be as fast. And I've changed my mind. I think it was fast. In fact, I have this now as the, not counting the, <laughs> not counting. Uh, this is the fastest American dirt figure <laughs> prep for me. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and, and, and by a little bit too, not, not, uh, that's the other thing about this figure that where if I, if you if you don't want to split the sprints and roots on this it, it's going to be it's fast and unlike the Santa Anita race I think there's some credence on the horses that were that finished third fourth fifth sixth um, that they kind of ran back to being fast but it kind of fell in line with me that's kind of what changed my mind on on, on splitting it and and the, and the fact that that I didn't split the sprints and roots for the rest of the for the rest of the meet. <laughs> so why was this day any different? So um, unfortunately, this race, because it was the only sprint um, or the only route on that day, there's not much that can go by uh, who runs ahead of it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, unfortunately, they ran the uh, the Phillies the day before, so you, you may not get the there might not be any confirmation or any thought process to um, how fast or slow it is uh, beforehand. You're just going to be, if you, if you're a fan of these horses, I, I would be confident in your picks into the Derby because um, this, this was a fast race. What do you think about that idea of uh, splitting the, the, the roots and the, uh, not splitting the sprints and the roots in this situation, Sean, just thought it might be interesting to hear another figure maker's perspective on the points Paul was making. I think in general, and in this case, it's, it's a, it's a bad idea to, to always want to split things off. I think you just, you know, I'm sort of with Paul, like, how much could possibly be going on at these tracks to, to where you are constantly splitting variants off. Um, so I try to do it as little as possible. Only, only when it's an absolute, you know, f- they force me to do it. Will I, will I project a race or split a variant off? Um, 
so I think, you know, I just think, I think Paul's right. I think this was a, was a fast prep. I, I've got it as the fastest American prep by a couple points, probably. Interesting. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a shame there wasn't at least one other route race that day. You know, they, you know, I know it's impossible to card, you know, an allowance race going long anymore, but if they could have just done something to give us a little better idea of how the stuff was playing, but um, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a fast race. And I, you know, in, just in general, I think you, when you're making figures that, you know, to me, when you're making figures, just, the simpler, the better. Usually if you start trying to add different variables into your figures, like ground loss or bias adjustments, I, I think that's wrong. I think split and variance most of the time is wrong unless it's just absolutely clear. Um, you know, I just, I want a simple repeatable formula to, to make figures with. And that's the, yeah, I think Paul sees it basically the same way. Is that about right, Paul? Yeah, one of the striking things that when I read, uh, uh, you'll, you'll like this piece. The Ragazin's book there. I think it was the great. odds must be yeah. crazy. Yeah, some great stories yeah. in there. Yeah, and one of the striking things, you know, probably I'm, I'm a, one of the few people that cared, but I, I like what, when he talked about taking figures in that in that book. Oh, it's great. He echoes what, uh, Sean's echoing what he said in that, and I thought that was, uh, you know, to keep it simple. He kind of had that that mentality, and he didn't like. He didn't like all the splitting and everything, and I, that always uh, rung true with me. The, the things that he talks about, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't remember all exactly. But I just always remember that his his methodology uh, I, and just his approach to it. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, he knew what he was doing, and but that that really struck a chord with me. I, I agreed one hundred percent with what he was saying in that, and I think that uh, Sean is kind of echoing that same sentiment. And I, so and so do I. Pretty good company to be in. And I'll say this, it's logical to me, if I'm hearing you guys correctly, you're saying that the commercial figure makers are splitting a lot more than than you guys are. I don't really have a problem with that. You know, when you think about the commercial figures and what they mean in the industry, it makes sense that a lot of them would be very regressed to the mean. That they, they, Their job is to sort of, yes, it's to help horse players, but they also like perform a role in the industry somewhat akin to like official ratings in other countries. So it, it's it's a little bit of a different job, whereas you guys care about one thing and one thing only. Was it fast? Was it slow? How is this going to inform our gambling? I I mean, you tell me, Paul, but it, it feels to me like it's kind of two different jobs. I, I 100% agree with what you just said. I think that it's not a knock about how anybody else does it. I, 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 not at all. But, but the only thing that I – it can lead to more problems, so I think what Sean was getting at, and I, and I agree with him on that. When you start splitting the sprints and loops a lot, it can it can get you it can get you off the track, you know. Um, it, it can get you into trouble. And 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 an example is that Santa Anita day, all the splitting and changing stuff that I did might have gotten me in trouble <laughs> on my Santa Anita figure. So, um, but you know that that's why the, doing figures is a, is you know everybody thinks it's like some simple thing where because it's not all that highly advanced math you know you just you just it sticks out and it's it's a simple outcome even though it's in its uh essence it's it's simple it can get it can get very complicated you know as 
as, as everything in horse racing can. <laughs> Let's move on to the race. We've heard which, which race you guys have as the fastest domestic prep. But the fastest domestic prep, according to several of the commercially available sources, actually took place in uh, in, in uh, northern Kentucky at, uh, at Turfway Park. And that was uh, the two fills win up there. Want to hear about what your figures are for this horse. And, of course, I want to hear if you think he's a viable Kentucky Derby contender. Sean, why don't we start with you? What did you come up with for a figure in that race? And how does it look um, in context of the whole pace line? So I, I have it fast. It's just a point or two slower than the, the bluegrass on my stuff. Um, as an overall final figure, but where it falls short is late. You know, I, I harp on this all the time, but there's just, there are certain times that an overall fast figure is not backed up by a good late pace figure. And historically those perform really poorly, especially in big grade one races. So this horse, you know, if you're looking at a buyer figure or, or you know, any, commercial figure and only a final figure he's going to look like a real player but on my stuff he's almost a complete throwout that's very interesting paul where did you land in terms of the figure and the larger question about two fills well this is interesting because well i actually that's why i said before a dirt figure because i actually had it the highest oh okay oh right right you did say dirt slight slightly higher okay. I'm, I'm kind of in line with everybody you know that and, and the reason why that is why everybody has this fast is that there was a race the same distance of older horses that was two races before. It's kind of the opposite of the bluegrass. You couldn't possibly, unless you wanted to embarrass yourself, make this race slow. Right. <laughs> that was the funny part about this race. If Wolfie's Dyna Ghost and Verstappen hadn't run earlier, you know, had, hadn't run earlier uh, slower than two fills, I don't think anybody would have gone with it. I think you would have seen something completely different uh, on the uh, on the. They would have been like you said. I think they would have been much more conservative. Projected down. Tried to say, yeah, but they but can't. They had to go with it. Yeah. They had to go with it because of the Wolf and which is really interesting, you know, uh, figure wise, and that, and that's why we brought that up with the bluegrass because it's, these are the situations that come up. But because of that, it, it is fast. It it's been proven fast because Verstappen came out and won the. On the turf at Keeneland, at yep. like thirty dollars, he was a thirty dollars winner. Um, to kind of back up the that whole scenario of races, so it's a fast race. You know, I, you know, Sean has got a, a a good argument of why why it was fast, and and he's kind of got his reasoning for what what to do with it. I'm in a camp where I don't know what to make <laughs> of it because fast poly track races. In the, in the time that I've dealt with them uh, are hard to deal with. Uh, they, they just don't, uh, <laughs> it's not, that's one of the reasons why the poly handicapping is hard because it's not like the dirt where if this race was on dirt, I mean, you could really just love two fills in this race. You know, he's won at Churchill. He's had ability. He, he must've moved up and he, he said, you know, he's training good, the, the whole scenario. He's going to be in a good spot in the race. You know, it, if that if that prep was on dirt, you know, it'd be like Smarty Jones type of thing. You'd like him, mm -hmm. you know. You'd really like him. He's already he's already tipped his hand, you know. 
but when the when it's on this you know synthetic stuff you know it just makes you you just don't know what you you just don't have that same kind of confidence you know but but the figure is real gotcha you know? i mean there's just no way around it it's it's fast and it's real and when everybody's got it it's you can't argue it you don't see him as a serious contender for the derby either though paul no i do because okay. just for what i said if if it was the if it was the idea that he that that he improved and that's the reason why then he's a major factor and and he's a likely winner i think you know that that uh, if he's going to back this up you know but you know I'm not, I'm just not sold. I, you know, you know, good for that Sean that he's got this scenario. It was fast because of the pace and the way it worked out. And he's not going to make a mile and a quarter. He's got it in his head. I wish I could get to that point because it would make it easier. Right. And I think what's even more complicated is I have no idea what his odds are going to be. 25 now, but I agree he could become a wise guy horse. Or he could be a horse if the really big long shots take money off a rich strike phenomenon. Could be exactly the kind of horse that ends up, you know, being that that or higher. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's going to be a fascinating market, uh, market to watch, that's for sure. I don't think we need to spend a heck of a lot of time talking about the Wood Memorial. You guys tell me if I'm uh, going out on an incorrect limb, putting putting that one forward. Um, this one came out slow pretty much everywhere um, and not a ton of disagreement. I mean, it feels like the, the commercial figures are all within um, all within within a certain range, you know, 90, 93 ish, like right around there. Um did you have this as any more of an interesting race, Paul? No, I actually have it even slower. <laughs> Most people have it, so no, I, I don't think there's a lot. I mean, the only thing about the race was that it was a it was a wildly race run race that's a, that's a scramble. You know, I mean, it was a real scramble. What does that term mean to you, Paul? I've heard you use that several times. We'll pause on that for well, a second. Well, when there's it's, it's like chaos. You know, there was the first turn was chaos. The, the stretch run was chaos. Usually, in those scenarios. That doesn't lead to a high figure. Interesting. When six horses take up in the first turn, and three of them are in the sixth path, you know, chances are, and then they and then they bounce off each other down the stretch. You're not looking at a fast figure. You, you can pretty much, you know, you can pretty much say that going in. So what happens is, you know, handicapping wise, those are lead to, and and, I, and you, this is probably what people do uh, instinctively. That leads to horses that you can bet that might not have. Figures. Interesting. Yeah. So you're not so saying yeah. you're saying the race typically doesn't come back fast, and it's not. Oh, they have more ability than that in the scramble that slowed them down. It's more the the they're not likely to improve while as why as much out of a scramble as the, as they might be on a more normal no, development. Okay, I think they, explain that, that a certain, certain horses could improve out of it. Okay, um, uh, quite a bit because you know it. It's just not a. It's just not a. You know, perfect scenario. Uh, type of race and perfect scenario type races lead to fast figures. Right, that makes More sense. Time, you know. So I would say that if you, in the case that you know the one horse there really did have the worst trip of them all, you know, if for some reason you did did like. You know, um, like that horse. The idea that he could improve 
10 points is not completely perfect, but he's got to improve a long way, you know, to, to have a factor in this race. It, it is a slow race. What did you think of this one figure-wise? Are you are you uh, in line, Sean? Yes, I, I think it, it's slow and have zero interest in, in betting any of those horses. Dreamlike was the one, one runner you were referring to, right, uh, Paul? Is that the right name? No, I think Hit Show. Hit Show was the one that I, I think there was. Oh, Hit Show was the one on the – oh, I thought you said the, something about the rail. He he. Yeah, Hit Show was the 13, and he obviously comes back here. But I'm, I'm not hearing a ton of interest from you in, in – in, in, from either of you in either one of those. No, but I, I would just – I would make the argument that don't let the slow figure if, if affect you if, if that's who you're – if that's how, who you're looking at. Gotcha. Potential uh, excuse. Me, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit too much maybe for me to look at that he could overcome. But but it just mean it wouldn't be shocking because uh, horses can improve a lot out of races like this. Okay, that's that's my, that's my only point. Very very interesting. Um, yeah, I misunderstood. I'm glad you clarified. Let's move on to our next uh, our next prep race on the list and uh this is going to be a fun one because this one is about the uae derby um i've heard two estimated figures for this one and then we also have an international time form number let me pull up the international time form number on derma sotagake um 109 which sounds incredibly low but it, you know that's probably more of a form rating and and i'm not even going to worry about it uh, that was on the time form scale, so that would be more like an 89 buyer, which this was clearly faster than. The two experts I've spoken with, one, Rob Dove, one of the top 10 pro punters in the UK today, came up with an estimated 103. And then we talked about this with uh, Randy Moss. This is a horse who Randy has a lot of interest in. He had it using a projection based on horses that ran in the World Cup later that night, more like a 105, 106. Um, so, I mean, we're talking really fast. Paul, have you made a figure on this, or are you? How are you dealing with this UAE Derby? I made a figure on it. I, believe it or not, uh, for this for this podcast, I went back and redid the seven World Cups. Amazing! <laughs> <laughs> the last seven of them, I I, I I redid them all for to make sure that I had some kind. Of, I I was doing a parallel time chart for the for the Maidan yesterday. How's that for being a Racing geek. That is incredible. I hope, like Andy Byer before you, you had a, a bottle of Jack Daniels while you were working those parallel time charts. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why Paul is the absolute best there is right there. But I would agree with what Randy said. It, it, it's, uh, in fact, that's what I, I, I gave it, 105, 106. Um, and I don't think there's an argument on it. You know, that the... the, the uh, the only one that I could come up with that was uh, that was even close to uh, being as, as high as, as Mendelssohn. But the the interesting part is that Mendelssohn and and, and Dermot, I don't even know how to say it. Sotagake. Sotagake. The uh, the two of them both ran it on what I thought were inside speed favoring type tracks. For sure, my Dan. Uh, undoubtedly. And, and interestingly enough, when I did all the World Cups, their track really ranges in variance from from year to year. And the, the tracks were that was fast for Mendelssohn, but this this was the fastest variant that I, I that I had done. Interesting in the seven years, I believe. So that so the track was very fast, 
which would back up the fact that speed would be doing good. But um, so I, I don't think you could argue about the figure. The, the question becomes with Dermasofiaki is that he never ran fast before this. You know, he everybody has talked about it. He was in the Saudi Cup. You know, nobody's even mentioned that. Yep. But he finished third in the in the and that figure was not uh, particularly fast. Um, the Ragazins, I know tried to do one and, and gave it a 13, which is, you know, you know, extremely slow versus anything. And it was hard to make it a lot faster for me. And I went and looked, looked at some of the Japan races and went trying to project them. And I don't think they were very fast either. So you're, you're taking a horse in this race. Again, this is a little bit like the two fill scenario that it's, it's a one-off type thing, you know, it, this came out of, you know, kind of left field, this, this figure. And it was on a speed, it was on ideal conditions. And I, I'd also just mention, you know, he, he was a closer who got the lead from post one on a speed favoring track with a short run to the first turn. I mean, in general, horses that do that, when they come back, I'm betting against. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't care how fast they ran. But this is so fast, you know, where it, it's the fastest figure. He's got the fastest figure, I think, going into the going into the Derby out of everybody. And you know, that again, it, you know, Sean said it earlier. It kind of leads the price. You know, if he was fifty to one and he got the highest figure, you know, you'd be excited to bet. No brainer. He's going to be the if he's going to be the second or third favorite, and it's a possibility. Yeah. From what that from what I've heard, you know, I'm not sure I'd want to be. A, I mean, if this race was at Aqueduct, and it was a speedway. Would we be betting on him? If, even if he ran 110, would you bet? I don't think anybody would want to bet on him. You know, so it's kind of like a tough. It's a tough feel for betting. You know, it kind of gives me the. And Sean will know this. It'll give. It gives you sinister minister vibes. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, ran the, the big figure in the bluegrass on a big speedway type thing. Yep. You know, and you know, for those of us who didn't fall for it, you know, we, you know, it's. Uh, you know, kind of, it's, to me, it's kind of like the same ballpark. But if you don't agree with me that, it's a, that it was an inside track, and you don't, you know, and, he, and, you, and you, it's like the two fills thing. If you think that he, that he just turned the corner, you know, and he's just way better now, well, then maybe, uh, you know, maybe for you. I, but for me, it's tough for me to play a horse, like I said, with under those scenarios, even though, <laughs> without a doubt in my mind, he has run the fastest figure. It's very interesting combo for sure. Sinister Minister, who never won again, <laughs> if I'm remembering it right. After... And ironically, stands in Japan. That was actually... <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Sean, let's bring you back in. Where are you on this figure? And do you think this horse, you know, I, I'm much more positive than Paul just because I think there's a chance this horse could get a great trip once again. And while he's not. Well, again, and it'll come down to the price. If he's six to one, I don't need him. If he's twelve to one, you know, hey, let's 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 bet some more. But you know, just curious where you stand on this horse, and and most de- definitely uh, what you made for the figure. Well, the figure is is fast. I'm actually a little faster than than what you guys have said. I've got a like a one hundred eight, um, with a good solid one hundred two late pace figure. So that's encouraging. You know, you know he's. I'm with. I'm with. Uh, sure, I, he, he's a 
Ranger. I got I got it in, in that range too. Yeah, and it's not even particularly close for me. Like he he's he off that race, he's way the best horse. Now everything Paul said is true. It's not a you know it, it, he's not a solid horse in my opinion. Right. Um, Win or run out kind of vibes. I mean, if he was just a pure speed horse like Sinister Minister was, then I'd say yes. But since he's not, since he just showed sort of a new dimension and is, you know, he's deep closed before, he's run mid pack before, he's really very versatile horse. Um, it's hard to say he's really a winner run out horse in the in the truest sense of that of that term. But I think that's the way you're supposed to bet it. Um, I think you just you know, you take some portion of your bet. You know, I really like Angel of Empire. So the first bet I'm probably going to make is Derma Sotagake on top of Angel of Empire and the Exacta. You know, especially if he's sitting there at 10 to 1. And you, But I don't know if I'm going to flip it for all that much. And I'm not going to tie up a ton of my capital for that race on Derma Sotagake because, you know, from everything Paul and I talked about the other day, like this horse was probably running low to mid nineties leading into that race. And to jump up and run a one Oh eight is pretty significant. Now it's certainly possible um, that he's just turned the corner and he's going to be a superstar, but you know, the, the, the world shipping and the, you know, not knowing the full history of this horse like we do with the with the U.S. based horses, it just feels like the way you're supposed to bet the horse is is win or run out. I love this analysis. I'm very very pleased to get you guys talking about this uh, super interesting contender, Derma Sotagake. It's going to be to me just one of the just a totally fascinating storyline to follow see if, if the japanese can i think Charles, break Charles makes a good point there in that in that um you know what how you bet it may not be the same thing like i agree with him he's, he's not as much of an all or nothing horse as um as like like the example you use sinister minister which which means that makes it hard harder for me what to what to do with him i i you know I think that Sean has got the right idea probably in his head how to bet it. But in, as far as he also makes a good point where it would not be shocking if he ran second or third and ran a good race. Right. It's not like he's going to uh, – and he's going to run second or third without getting the lead too. Uh, he, he's, a, he's, an, he's a different type of a horse in this race. you know. So I, I'll give you two, two things that aren't figure-related just to, for people out there to make the decisions. I don't know exactly what either one of this means, but – he, he was bred to be a a, uh, a my dad horse. He was by Minor Biscuits, who who was two for two in my dad, right? He yep. won both of the he won the sprint twice in the year. So I don't know what that means, but the fact that he uh, was by a horse who had done good there is uh, it's interesting. Worth noting, and also if you're in the camp that he's gotten a lot better, he wasn't much better than his counterpart there, the Continuar. All the way up, not only in Japan, but even the race in in Saudi Arabia, the Saudi Derby, you could make the argument that Continuar ran better than Dermasokagaki in that race. Um, he at least ran just as even with him. And 
they trained the other day at Dermasukaki is and it seems to be in a different league than Continuar right yeah. now. So I was going to say, Paul, our guys, our Japanese experts made this wise guy case for Continuar. Um, and you watched that work the other day, and I, I don't even know if Continuar is going to make the race. Like it, I agree. It, you know, Continuar <laughs> was kind of an interesting work for me before that workout because I thought the track was inside speed on the on the Maidan race, and I thought that he'd ran uh, at least as good in the Saudi race, or if not better. And... He was in post like ten in the in the UAE derby. He had no chance um, in that race. So he was so his race was like a throwout in the in the UAE derby. So I thought he was a wild wild ass horse to have a chance before the workout. But I mean, after watching that, I don't think he could. I'd be surprised if he even runs. Yeah, I said the same thing. Yeah, it's it's um, we'll see we'll see what happens with that. But it, 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 it hold on, hold on. Couldn't it also just be the case that that continuars the same horse and this other one is just freaked for some reason. Like that could be another data point. point. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. 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 It, it, it so is. It's, it's not impossible. It's no, not, it's really, it's really an interesting, really an interesting case here. I mean, if, and if, I mean, this is a hard, weird, not real collateral form case, but if just another point, I feel like while we're talking about this horse, if Mandarin hero really ran that race in Santa Anita, I mean, this horse is supposed to be 10 points higher than that horse, like at a minimum. So there's these sort of weird collateral form cases you can make. Um, but obviously, you know, the form doesn't really work that way. I just throw it I throw it out there. Just I think this horse is endlessly fascinating. And, you know, we've yapped about we've probably yapped about him enough today, but certainly a storyline we're all following. Kings Barnes. This is a race. Another, you know, not unlike the wood, universally slow. We talked about it on the podcast uh, with Sean the other day. I was asking if, you know, maybe the late pace figure hid some ability. Uh, he wasn't so sold on the on, on that idea. So I kind of know where Sean is with Kings Barnes and, and this figure. But what did you come up with, Paul, or, or anything that the market isn't seeing? Well, no, just the thing about this, this, this race, and this is another completely different scenario, but this is what we face even more so nowadays is that, this pace was so slow that it was basically a figure that you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to put what he ran based on the time, it's going to be slow and it's, and it's, it's, you know, it's ridiculously slow and pace wise. It's, it's remarkably just when I look at the form of um, disarm and the other horse that ran in the bluegrass there or the Lexington, um, the, Sun Thunder, is that the yeah, yes, Sun Thunder and sorry. Disarm. You know, their pace figures throughout the race, they don't get to the point ever within the race where they ever get to where you could even get to a final figure. You know what I mean? It's just completely off the chart slow. You know, it's 40, 50 points slow at the quarter. It's 40 or 50 points slow at the half. You know, it's such a meaningless race that this is a type of race where it's hard to do a figure. And, you know, for, for Sean and I who do pace-related type uh, figures, it's almost impossible, you know, to, to do anything. I, these are the type of races where I think historically and when you're, when you're just doing final figures, you're just projecting, you know. Um, you have no choice to, to do something like that. 
And whatever you do, it can't be right. What, whatever you project in this race, it can't be right. Somebody's going to be off. Somebody's going to run higher. Somebody's going to run lower because it's not a form. It's not. It's not a figure that leads to a final figure that's going to lead to consistent to, consistent yeah, performances out of the race. Yeah. No, I yeah. get. I get exactly what you mean. And because of the dynamic, that's why I was thinking. Well, this maybe this late pace figure is crazy fast. Sean, what did you what did you come up? What did you end up doing with the final figure? And uh, what what happened with this horse late? <laughs> well, um, you know what Paul said is is correct. This is just a completely fraudulent race and figure um, that it's just made up. I mean, there's nothing else you can do when it's this is the slowest pace race for a prep in the Kentucky Derby history. It has to be. It's got. It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, it's twenty links slower. I mean, it's just. It's. It's a. It's a ridiculous race. So I. I try to do the best I could, um, to, to make it, you know, half workable. Um, But nothing I could do made this race good. Just you know, they didn't finish fast enough in relation to how slow they went early. So, you know, for me, and again. These are pretty much made up stuff, but I've got King's bars running like in the mid to high fifties early um, with an 86 final and a 98 late pace figure. Well, you know, for example, if, if flight line had run in the mid fifties, he'd run 130 late pace figure. Right. Um, you know, if, if always dreaming had run in the mid fifties, he would have run, you know, 110 or 112 late pace figure. It's like this horse just isn't to me. None of these horses coming out of that race are are Derby quality horses. They don't have anything prior to the Louisiana Derby that screams Derby horse to me on my figures. Um, and the, the the two that ran in the Lexington don't. You know, they didn't do enough there for me to say that anything changed. So I just think it's a bad race. Um, I have no interest in any of those horses. That's, you know, that's it. I can't. I think we can leave it. I think we can leave it there unless you have something else you wanted to add. I I wouldn't call it. I just wouldn't blindly call it a bad race. That's the only thing I would disagree with Sean on. I I get everything else that he said, but. You think it may be just just more indeterminate? These races that just uh, are so meaningless that sometimes I've seen it where, you know, one of them will run way better and you, you you just couldn't see it in the in the race that's why i was hoping like i was with you i was hoping that sean had some kind of like gem that he found out of this race that, that's something that, that stuck out because i've seen it in the past where these slow pace races where they're different than just being slow races you know you, you don't want to make the this slow race and the in the wood memorial are different you know the, the wood memorial slow this this slow race is is slow because of pace, you know. It, the question is, and I'm with I'm with Sean a little bit on this. Not not to the degree is, are they good enough to win the Derby? Is, it, is anybody that was in that race good enough to win the Derby? And that seems like a stretch. It sure does. But but when these slow paces come up, it's it's uh, it, it's a hard it's a hard thing to say. It's a hard thing to figure because it, it's meaningless. I mean that you know. Sometimes people say that in horse, in horse racing, and it's, it's, they're just being, you know, facetious or 
or, or, or staying out of anger or something. But this, this, this that race really is meaningless, <laughs> you know. So um, it just makes it hard. It makes it hard to see how anything's going to go. You can't even compare, like, and say, well, this arm ran this much better out of the race, so so and so will run better out. I think that I think that's a mistake you could make if you start if you start trying to do that. Let's move on to Ray's Kane. We talked about his last run in the bluegrass. The run before that in the Gotham, I suppose we could talk about quickly. It was a smashing win, but in a race that came back pretty much universally slow on a on a sloppy track. I mean, this feels like one of the first horses to move past to me in this race, unless I'm uh, missing something clever that one of you uh, both have. What, what did you think about Ray's Kane's prospect, and do you have any comments on the Gotham figure? I I don't like him at all. Um, I just think he's gotten got a good setup in the Gotham. Didn't run that fast. Didn't finish that fast. Came back and sort of verified that in the Bluegrass. Ran, you know, a middling race. I'll, I'll make two. I'll make two points to about the. I, I think Ray's Kane kind of um, verifies that the Bluegrass was fast. I kind of paired up his races. Mm-hmm. In the, yeah, in no, the that's blue, good. So that's I, a good point. Kind of legitimizes. Legitimizes the uh, the the bluegrass. The fact that he, I thought he ran his race in the bluegrass and and got beat soundly. He didn't have the greatest trip. So if you're a if you're a real bluegrass fan, you know I could see maybe you could uh, you know throw him in, in in supers or something like that. If you're if you if you think that 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 they'll all run out of the bluegrass or something like that. But uh, more more so with him, I just think it proves my point that the the uh, that the bluegrass is fast, and I don't think yeah. that he he went backwards off the off the Gotham. I think he 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 ran he ran pretty you know it's his to his ability in both races. We covered the Arkansas race pretty well, where you guys are both pretty enthusiastic about Angel of Empire. That's where Rocket Can comes out of. Also ran in that uh, that Fountain of Youth. I think we only have one race to go there. I think it's only the confidence game, right? It's the, the Rebel. That's yeah, we haven't touched on the Rebel yet as the last one. I was just curious if either of you had anything on Rocket Can that made him look like a contender. I, I was surprised he was uh, taking part, honestly. He, he seems a clear couple of. Paul, what do you think I, of I, his prospects? I, 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 Rocket Can, I, from what I've heard, is going to try to run with blinkers on. Uh, that, that's the only thing that, that I would uh That's interesting. That be somewhat interesting. I still think it's a reach. The thing I think that's pretty interesting about Rocket Can, again, what we were talking about with Ray's Kane, his Rocket Can got beat the identical point by Forte and Angel of Empire in, in the Fountain of Youth in the Arkansas Derby. That's great. So I just, I just noticed this the other day when I was just looking at it. I said, I've got him paired up running the same figure both times against both horses. And that pretty much weighs what I thought about Angel of Empire and Forte are pretty, pretty damn close in ability, you know. And I think kind of Rocket Camp kind of verifies that. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, I love these collateral form points you guys are uh, you guys are making here. So yeah, we have one race that we haven't delved into at all, and then maybe we'll we'll button up with some thoughts, and uh, and that's the race that that uh, Confidence Game comes out of the Rebel unusual. Um, to be laid off from from there to here, but let's talk about the rebel as a race first, Paul. How did you have that one stacking up? Well, go go to Sean because I don't have any idea on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that the I can tell you that um, 
you know, commercial figure wise, the buyer came back. The buyer came back in 94. Time form was maybe three points faster than that. Um, fast on t- Thurgraph, um, you know, the, 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 this confidence game effort from the Rebel actually got a two, which, which is, you know, among the, among the faster uh, of, these, of these horses. What, uh, what do you think of this figure, Sean? I fall somewhere right around the, the commercial figure, sort of in between the buyer and the time form equivalent. I, I'm sort of a mid 90. Um, but, you know, I've got it as a pretty fast pace and a race that sort of collapsed. Yep. Which is, you know, his last three starts for me are all very similar pace wise. Not necessarily running style wise, because he went to wire to wire in one of them and then deep closed in the last one. But pace wise, they all sort of have the same profile as you know races that quickened in the middle part of the race and didn't didn't finish at all. And you know even those last figure is is competitive in this field. You know this is a classic sort of he gets separated out by that that weak late pace figure and consistent weak late pace figure. So, uh, you know, to me, he's a non-contender, um, probably makes a little move on the turn, hits the wall and finishes 12th or 14th in my opinion. Now you sound a little more conflicted at least Paul on confidence game. Well, you know, this was a weird day because that's what Tate ran slower than he, than she had in all the other races, but she got shuffled and she got way behind pace figures. And I think that's why Sean started to like wet paint because she overcame a lot in, in this race here where she, she made a huge run. And um, pace-wise, she got way behind. But I think that really messes up people who just do like final figures off without pace. Because if you think that wet paint, if you just went off of her final figures off her good ones, you know, you could, you could, and then project it off that and would convince Confidence game, you say, hey, confidence game is really fast. But I think it was circumstances why the wet paint race was slow. You know, that one in the middle of her, her, her race, more so than confidence game was fast. So I, I'm with you. I think it's a little weird when a horse um, is off that long. I will say that I know the clockers think that confidence game is, is training well. Interesting. Which, which, whichever, whatever that means to you. But I mean, to win the Derby off what two and a half months just seems even in this day and age that seems seems like a hard uh, ask. It's tough, and it it does feel like you know the slop number is in is in play too. Just a, a horse right. that, you know, absolutely. That, absolutely that 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 should be noted about him. All right, well we've gone through the preps, which was our our number one goal. I don't want to keep you guys all night, but I do want to give you one of the favorite things about these shows: give you the chance to if you have one ask each other a question and of course i'd get a complete host fail if i didn't try to narrow you down to either we'll let you choose it can either be an early derby lean we'll call it or you could give a potential derby short list from this far out knowing that you know you've got a week to change week plus to change your minds at this stage um sean how about you is there as we were going through those races did you have any particular questions for for paul you wanted to hit him with no, I hate this segment because I can never come up with a good question on the fly. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't have a good one. I'm sorry. Hit me. This is one of the things I'm having a little bit of a problem in handicapping derbies. What does everybody think the pace scenario 
Oh, it's tricky. Okay. It is tricky. It's so tricky. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't have dead. You don't have a lot of dead senders, right? So I don't know. I'm I'm coming away with honest. I'm coming away with fair. I'm coming away with you know maybe it'll be more of a best horse win pace than a than a pace dictates the outcome pace. It is still one of the reasons why I do think I like I'd like a drawn inside but not too inside Derma Sotagake better as a horse that you know if he's what those figures suggest. I mean I think he'd have a really good chance to be the best of speed, not necessarily wire to wire, but up in the vanguard. And you know I expect Lemaire to have learned from last year and not quarter horse, um, but also to try to get position going forward still. I just, one of the reasons I'm on the positive side of Derma is I think there's a real chance he just gets a great, a great trip, but it's not like I think he's going to dominate a paceless race. I, I, I do think it's going to be honest. What, what do you think, Sean? What's your take on the pace? I, I'm sort of the same as you. I think, you know, if I just look purely at the, the pace figures these horses have ran, and their and their running style, I would have to say it might be a little slow, but the Derby always sort of finds a way to to get a little more pace into it than than sometimes it seems like. So I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say it's average to slightly below average. Um, I, I do think it. I, I do think it's what you said is correct. I, I don't think the pace is necessarily going to dictate, you know, the, who wins this race, although. I would argue it almost always does anyway. Well, but right, right. But you it's know, not going to be, you know, it's not, not going to be last a, year's Derby right, or even not the spirit yet. Derby where, you yeah. know, I, it, it, it felt to me like, you know, certainly last year dic- dictating the outcome. Where do you land on the question, Paul? Where, where are you and your, your, your thoughts well, with what the pace will be? I'm kind of confused. I, I think you make a good point. I don't, well, Nair is not going to go to lead this time. I, I, I think he's, he's probably, he's going to be going over cautious. I think he's going to overthink it. He's going to say, "I blew it last year by going." I think he's going to try to try to. Uh, he's going to try to you know, just a typical European, and he's going to try to be in behind, forward but in in behind. That's what I think he's going to try to do. Um, if as long as he draws, okay. But even if he doesn't, a lot of those times those guys like to, you know, like to, to break out of there and then tuck. So, I I I, I would be shocked if he if he goes out winging. No, I wouldn't so, think that. Yeah, I would. I, I think it's weird that a lot of the good, the, a lot of the contenders are not as slow as what people are kind of making them out to be. You know. Yeah, when I looked really at hard. pace figures, it yeah. gave a different impression than the tape. On the tape, I was all for, oh, there's no real speed. But then you look at the pace figures, and it's not true. Yeah, some some of these horses have have more natural speed, so. Um, so it, it, it's it's kind of hard to predict in that sense. I, I also think it's a factor which nobody will tell you because we're not able to talk about this because un, uncoupled entries. Yeah. You know, no, Team tactics. There's no collusion. There's no collusion. <laughs> there's, there's no reason to have uncoupled entries because these trainers will, will not talk to the other the jockeys that ride for each other will not they will not do anything <laughs> in their power to, to to find out any information from the other ones. And if you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you. Cox has got to send one of them, doesn't he? <laughs> Probably Jace, right? Yeah, I mean, it just ha- if you got four of them, he's got to be sending at least one of them. I, 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 you know, that's what I, that's what I'm I'm thinking. You know, yeah, that that leads to me. I mean, he he has the look of a rabbit, 
you know, in, in, in 1976, you know, uh, so I mean, that's why it's a little complicated to, to me. Just you know, how how will it play out? I, I just I'm not 100 percent sure. It's know. it's it's fascinating. Let me let me bug you guys for a uh, for a short list before I let you. Uh, I was gonna say get some rest, but knowing you two to get back to work, I'll let you I'll let you do it at this point. Throw on some West Coast baseball, maybe, but. Uh, We'll start with you, Paul. What, what are you look? What are you looking at in terms of a, of a short list of runners, or, or do you have one you'd be confident calling a lean at this point? Well, I like the bluegrass. I haven't decided exactly. Well, you, you touched on it a little bit. There's kind of negatives on both of them. Which one, when it comes to the Derby running styles? But one thing I will point out is that Tappet Trice, even though everybody says doesn't have a Derby running style, he's been in two scramble type races and has prevailed both times. Yeah, <laughs> of course. It's, not to the extent of what the Derby is going to be, but uh, he's, he's had some anxious moments in both races and, and overcome them. So um, the idea that he won't be able to scramble seems far-fetched to me. And verifying, which everybody seems to think is uh, because in the slop race there that we talked about, the Rebel, he, he didn't like being in behind horses. I don't know, being behind horses in the slop might be a little different than being behind horses on you know, in the Derby, sitting third or fourth, you know. So I don't know what what to make of either one of them, but I don't think they're as negative maybe as you would. That they're, the, even though they have situations, I, I'm not sure they're negative. I, I guess i got to think about that more. And, um, you know, we touched on I think Angel of Empire is a real contender. So, um, and, and the weird part is I think most of the contenders are, are contenders. You know, I it's not like... Um, I think you got to get a little bit of a reach in yourself to say, oh, he's a fraud or uh, I'm going to throw him out. I think that's kind of hyperbole in, in this. I think the contenders are the contenders, and, all, and they all seem to have a chance. I, I think Sean was alluding to this before. I think the other horses are all a notch below. And I, I would guess it would be a pretty formful derby that, from, you know, just in the little that I've thought about it within the last couple of days. From, for all the love we've given the bluegrass – I just want to present a horse to you to get specifically what your opinions are on Sun Thunder, who I think, you know, uh, Tyler Wisman, editor of In the Money Plus, made a, a good a good and interesting form case based on, you know, where he ended up in the Risen Star and what's happened to those horses since. And then maybe making the point about just being a bit against the flow um, in the bluegrass and just, just maybe a horse that, you know, maybe more of one of those third or fourth types for the super, but a horse that I don't feel like anybody's talking about who has some connections uh, to the form that you both seem fairly enamored with. Do you, do you give this thing any count, Paul? Can you talk to them at all? Have them run that horse in the Pet Day Mile. I don't think Kenny McPeak is going to listen to me on this, but I'll try. I mean, I, I can text him. Unfortunately, that's his only one this year, right? Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, he, he always got to chase the Derby. But I, I would love him in a, in a, in a, in a mile cutback against a lesser. You think? I think it'd be you think he battle. doesn't want it? You don't think he wants to run this far? Is what I'm hearing from that call. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little scared of him going a mile four. I thought in the bluegrass, I, I actually bet him in the bluegrass uh, with, with the horses that ran one two in the, in the exacta, and I thought, uh, I thought he ran, he ran okay. I thought he ran a, a pretty good race. I just think. I didn't get I didn't get the feeling that a mile and a quarter was was in him. 
during the race. How does he shape and, on your stuff, Sean? Is it late pace wise? You know, he's 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 there, but he's still sort of in the second to third tier of horses to me. Um, I think he is sort of improving. I, I'm sort of with Paul. I'd like him at a different spot than, than the Derby. He just seems a little overmatched. Um, he doesn't. It seems far fetched. He's going to he's going to reverse in those other two, doesn't it? It would have to be a fun. yeah, right? Because it's not like he has a different running style than than yeah. Capitrice. That's the problem. Is like he's what's he's got to make up seven links on those other two. Yeah, it it's seems tricky. like a lot. But third or fourth, I mean, third or fourth, it's it's, it's there, there's a logic there. How does he specifically look on late pace? Just looking at the time form, you know, quick and dirty late pace thing they do on their uh, on their main page. He's actually uh, the, the the best of the late pace figures. Uh, you're putting me in a tricky spot here, Pete. Um, he's I fine. Ed- he's, I can edit it out if if you if you want me to. <laughs> I, I, I fuck it. I don't give a shit. I don't have any faith in their late pace stuff at all. Gotcha. Well, um, that's fine. I mean, it's it's all it's yeah, algorithmic. I just, I just, it's not like you're uh, insulting. Yeah, I just I don't I, I don't necessarily think they grasp it correctly. Um, on my stuff, he's at the at his best. He's running like ninety five late pace numbers. Um, his last is in the bluegrass. He ran at 87, but had run much faster in the middle of that race than he did previously when he was running those mid nineties. So, you know, his problem is he's, he's slower throughout the race than these other horses and doesn't finish as fast as them. So it's just very hard for a horse like this to make up, to make up ground on, on horses that are, probably going to be in front of him that also finished faster than him and that just beat him by seven lengths. Yeah, that's tricky. Um, you know, it's, it's yeah, that's just a... Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Going to the first turn, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, he is also, yeah, he's the slowest early on their stuff as well, so... Yeah, he's going he's gonna to need help. What about you, Sean? Where's your Where's your short list at this point? We've heard you you say positive things about several of these runners, but if I hold your feet to the fire a little, how you lean? You know, I think uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of look at Angel of Empire and and Tappet Trice as my sort of co top choices, um, and Dermasotagake and Verifying as sort of my next tier um, and just let sort of the board tell me who to key and what to do. If, um, you know, if I, I like angel of empire the best, but it's very slight, you know, it's mm-hmm. really splitting hairs. So, I mean, if he's eight to one and Tapatrice is seven to one, it's pretty, pretty obvious what I should do. But if it's the reverse, you know, it's, that makes it tougher. So I'm going to try to, you know, look at the draw, really study the pace some more. And and when I do land on a key, I, I completely agree that this is a pretty formful race. You know, I look at the top sort of six to eight horses and they really sort of separate themselves out to me as derby horses where the rest of the field doesn't. So I think, you know, I think the gimmicks in this race are, are, 
pretty interesting to play because I don't, I don't think you need the alls and the, you know, wild outcomes that, that sometimes happen. I think you could play this pretty straightforward. My, my last question for you, and I'm, I, there might not be an answer. I was going to ask you if either of you had something at a wild price you were looking to have in combos, but if it's going to be that formful, maybe it's more about cycling through the right contenders in the right spots. But is there is there a long shot in particular, especially one we haven't talked about yet, Sean, that you want to at least uh, name check on this show? Uh, not. I don't think there's one that we have talked about, but I mean, you know, a horse like Skinner, I think, could get sort of lost in the betting and, and thirty three to one right now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an enormous price on a horse like that. Um, verifying, I think, could get lost in there a little bit. Although I'm hearing some things, you know, people starting to come around to him. Very divisive. People, lo- he's like a, a lover, a lover hate, a, a marmite, you might say, yeah. sixteen to one best price right now in the UK. But yeah, I, I feel like he could be that, or he could be eight, depending on who you talk to. Yeah, I you know looking through this list, I'm I just don't see a a real case to be made for like a fifty or sixty to one shot in here, and and the way the way I think this race is going to be bet, I think it's going to be sort of a very compressed um, odds board, just with the the rich strike factor and some of the you know some of the things that will be going on in this on this board. I don't think I, I don't even necessarily think there'll be a fifty or sixty to one shot. I mean, that's real interesting. I mean, if if we if if those outsiders that we toss through rather quickly can all be half the price they should be. I mean, that that's that meat on the bones got to go. That's got to go somewhere. Right. So it, it'll it'll be I interesting. What, I think what the everyday player and the people that are listening should should be sticking to that. Don't don't fall for the don't fall for the trap. Don't fall for the rich strike trap. This, this looks like a formful race and, and don't. You know, it's a, it's a horse race. Anything can happen. But uh, those, in just basic math, the the horses that are long shots in this race are going to be bad bets. Yeah, there's going to be lots of them. Yeah, lots of them. In yeah. this and they're yeah. bad bets for third too. I mean, you know, the idea that everybody starts thinking that well, are you, they might they might win, but they're at the long shots third and fourth. They're bad bets all over. You know, I mean, throughout the throughout the betting, and I I wouldn't fall for it. I mean. You know, last year was a was a different race. This this is, you know, it's it's the Kentucky Derby, but it's it's still a horse race, and they're all different. You know, don't 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 fall for traps. Never. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's a good lesson in horse playing all the time. I love it. Look at the race that you got hit. In, you know that you had. Skinner at thirty three to one, not a bad one to put forth, and I know that's one, Paul, that you have a little bit of interest in. Any anything else at wild prices? You know, twenty to one north that, that you'd want to at least name check or underline if we talked about it before? No, not really. I, like I said, I think it's pretty formful. I mean, I, I would, I might use Ray's cane uh, at this point, you know, just way behind in, in, in things, but nothing that I, I would tell anybody to play. I mean, Ray's cane and Skinner's are, are, are horses that probably will use late in third and fourth, but I would, I would stick, stick to the, and don't get caught up in stick to the formful horses and, and don't get caught up with there's no real good reason to be betting against anybody in this race. You know, that I've heard a lot of that nonsense in the in, in this in this uh, derby lead up. And I think I'm gonna hear more of it. Like you were saying with verifying. No, yep. there's no good reason to be betting against him. 
if you think he's good enough to win, then you play him. If you don't, that, that's a different question. You know, you think he's going to get a bad scenario, then don't play him. If you think he's going to get a good scenario, then use him. But I, I don't think you should uh, – don't create a narrative that isn't there. You know what I mean? I think it's a trap, and Sean and I have talked about this many times. Narratives in general, even really good ones, have a chance to put you astray when they fly in the face of the facts and the form and the figures. So made-up ones are really not going to help you. Right. <laughs> All right, guys, I think we can let it uh, let it go from here. The only thing, you know, I'll make one little point, not really contrary, but just piggybacking on what you were saying, Paul. The only thing I could say in terms of like what you're supposed to do or should, or this or that about this race, I do feel like if Forte is as short as he is now in the wind pool, you're supposed to bet against him. Not because he's bad, but just because of the quality of that, uh, you know, firing line of interesting horses in, in behind him. But of course, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. You think he's going to be too good of a price to, to, to be leaving out too. Uh, Especially in, especially in gimmicks. Yeah. Uh, I I don't, I don't think he's going to be a, you know, an eight to five bet against or anything like that. I, I, I don't see that at all in, in the, uh, I think he's a contender. It's just, you know, how much of a contender he is. And um, like you said, let the price dictate. If he gets over bet and whatever, you know, if he is two to one and I'm wrong about that, then well, that's a different story. Then, then you could, but I wouldn't go in. I wouldn't go in thinking that. I wouldn't go thinking it. I'm, I'm because, you know, he's a pretty honest horse, you know, and the races he's run, can definitely run third or fourth. You know, uh, he runs his race. If you go back to the, in, the, in this era of non-Lasics, I mean, his race hits, hits a superfecta. <laughs> He's running about four times in a row, and that race probably hits a superfecta. Yeah. So, you know, Great I, I, form yard stick. For sure the form yard stick of the bunch. I was just thinking in terms of, you know, the wind pool. There's just so much. There's a lot of interesting stuff. I think I'm going to end up being more interested than him. But hopefully there can be clever enough ways to cover things. Um, I think you said it right. I think there's more interesting things, but that yeah. that doesn't make him a, you know, an overlay in the in in the especially if all these other horses get bet and people in the rich strike factor, uh, you know, comes to fruition like a lot of people think <laughs> it's going to, you know, um, I, I think uh, somebody posted on Twitter the the year after mine that bird ran, the the favorite was six to one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be interesting. Hey, Pete, I did, I did just think of a question. Doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? Sean, you said you have a question. You got a question for Paul before we get out of here? Well, yeah, along the along the lines of this conversation, what price is too low, Paul, on Forte or on on any on any horse that's the favorite in this field? And this race here? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that that's a good that's a good point. I. I uh, yeah, I, I would say five to two or lower is, is, is too low on anybody, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even three yeah. to one is a little. Yeah, three to one sounds skinny. It sounds skinny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think three to one sounds skinny on anybody. Yeah, got to watch the Matrix Mac bet too. We didn't. Yeah, talk Mattress about that Mac is he... doing his thing. That that that's gonna that's gonna affect odds. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. I haven't seen any any stories about it. We'll have to have our. Our spies in Houston take a look, and we'll talk about that on some some future shows for sure. But I saw something about it. I think he's doing it. He is, and is he committed to Forte? I don't. I don't think so. I think the way he words that is, it's just the favorite. Interesting. Interesting. And that you know, he'll probably make the horse the favorite with that bet. But I don't think. 
I don't think any year he specified the horse necessarily. Gotcha. I think the way it reads is the favorite, but I could be wrong. He's committed to the favorite. Is that how that works? That's what Sean was saying. Yeah. He, he, he's, he said in the past, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, I can't see any horse, but Forte being the favorite. Um, honestly, I mean, even if he were to bet Tappet Trice for whatever reason, violating that idea. I mean, I don't think that would be enough to, to, to flip those two. You might end up with a, I don't know, a four to one, nine to two situation, but anyway, it's, uh, it's, we're getting well beyond my math skills and, um, it's getting, it's getting a little late. So I think we will leave it there for now, guys, but, you know, really appreciate you sharing all this great information and, uh, and, and giving us all this time. And it's cool. You know, we don't get the last minute, you know, go through the card kind of stuff that we do sometimes on this, but on the plus side, we've got a lot of shelf life. So a lot of people are going to get to to hear, you know, what you guys bring to the table. And, and I think they are going to love it based on past experiences. So uh, thank you, Paul. And thank you, Sean. Really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. It went, went a little longer. No, not at all. I mean, it's, I can't help it. Even tonight I was like, oh, well, we'll do more like an hour. No, no, it's an hour 48, but we will wrap it now for Sean Borman. For Paul Matisse, thanks one more time to our sponsors over at uh, Mill Ridge. Check out their operation, millridge.com. And look at those, look at some of that, uh, those stats on Oscar performance, Paul. Maybe we'll get, uh, we'll get a little mating. And, and, you know, Oscar performance, lots of chances for great names too. So you can't, you know, you, you can't undersell that either. <laughs> I kid, of course. Thank you so much to everybody out there for making these shows so much fun to do. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos.